Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome into another edition of Mox on the Mic. I'm Chris Goforth. Glad to be with you again this week. And uh, a couple times a year, we get a chance to bring on Mark Wharton. He is the athletic director uh, here at Chattanooga, and he's kind enough to spend a few minutes with us. We cover a lot of topics. Yes, we talk name, image, and likeness. Uh, we talk about the facilities and the upgrades happening at McKenzie, what has happened already at Frost, uh, the Food City Fueling Station. Talk about the the new commissioner of the Southern Conference and a guy that uh, Mark Wharton has uh, some history with. We talk about that as well as uh, a nice award that he was able to to pick up. And yes, we do get to the future of Chattanooga in the Southern Conference. So uh, hang on. We'll get you there. Uh, Mark Wharton. Coming up here on Mox on the Mic. Well, Mark, as always, man, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, to get a chance to chat. Let's start first with a little bit of congratulations on the NACDA award as the uh, athletic director of the year. That's uh, that's that's a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, I'm very humbled by it. But um, as I keep saying, you know, it's a staff deal. You know, the, our staff does a great job and our coaches from when I got here have bought into kind of the culture and uh, we're starting to have great success, you know, on the playing fields, but you know, the classroom, everything, it's all culminated to, you know, a wonderful accomplishment. And what what's even better is my peers across the country are seeing that. And uh, you know, uh, hence the recognition, which, you know, again, I'm humbled to be able to stand up there and receive this award, but it's a, certainly a staff deal and our coaches and our student athletes that uh, represent us and the public. And it's an awesome deal. I'm humbled by it. You also got the opportunity to participate in the Top Connect Basketball Symposium. Uh, a little bit about that and uh, and kind of what you learned there. Well, um, Doc Sander, who is the athletic director at East Tennessee State, uh, formerly at uh, Virginia Commonwealth, started, gosh, 30 years ago, the Villa 7, uh, which got the top uh, assistant coaches in the country with kind of the mid-major athletic directors over a couple of days. And you got to talk about anything from, you know, how to run a mid-major program to resources, those type of things that uh, speed dating is a big part of it. Um, you always hear the rumor or the it's not necessarily a rumor because I, I do it. The the top right drawer of your desk has for every sport, your top 10 candidates that you're kind of interested in. And this top, top connect that uh, I just recently went through, you know, you get to see who's going to be the next Chattanooga Mox head coach. Because, uh, you know, again, we've seen from, you know, Will Wade to Matt McCall to Lamont Paris. Um, you come here and what we have with the roundhouse and resources, you're going to win, win championships and people want to take your, take your coaches. I don't blame them. I'd like to keep them, but uh, you got to figure out uh, who's next. And this is a great opportunity to be able to connect to that next generation. And uh, was honored enough to run a round table of uh, how you go about coaching, what you look for and kind of the, those type of things. Is your list a physical one? Like in your your top right hand drawer, is it a is it a physical list or is it more of uh, you just you just make a mental note and 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 you've got a list, but it's 
It's not physically written down anywhere. How do you do that? It's very physical. It's very physical. And I look at it every year. Uh, to be honest with you, since we fired, hired Dan Earl, that uh, I have not created the next list. But uh, certainly from Orlando that uh, I'm going to do that. And uh, But I have a grease board in my office that has a, uh, a privacy type uh, th- deal that I keep that list, especially for basketball, uh, men's basketball, that uh, I want to make sure that we keep track of those next generation type of people. And there's a lot of components that go into who I'm looking for to be the next coach, uh, culture, those type of things. But uh, for basketball, uh, men's women's, uh, men's women's basketball and football, uh, there's definitely a physical list that I uh, continue to look at. Well, let's, let's hope we don't have to have that discussion again for a while, right? Uh, please, please, Chris, <laughs> let's not do that. All right, I've got to ask about facilities. Every week we hop on to do this podcast, and I expect Tate to be wearing a, uh, you know, a hard hat and one of those, uh, one of those bright <laughs> yellow construction worker vest when she gets on. What's the status of the McKenzie Arena right now? Uh, they're moving fast and furious. We're still uh, ahead of schedule with uh, both uh, the inside project, which um, Tate and and her staff have uh, dealt with. No air condition, no water, you know, everything. But uh, we should take hold of that. They say in August, I could continue to say September 1st, that entails um, men's and women's basketball uh, locker rooms, the athletic training rooms, the doctor's offices, and our coaches' locker room on the first floor. And then the second floor will be um, a few of our uh, team meeting rooms for football and a couple of the offices for the staff. Um, but that's scheduled here in two months to be be able to be open and us be able to use it, uh, which I'm sure Billy uh, Wilson and his staff in the equipment room will be extremely happy about that. The construction out my window, which uh, has been interesting and loud, uh, is continuing to move forward. Uh, they say that they're going to be able to have that open and accessible for us for graduation uh, 2024. Um, I'm uh, optimistic about it, but seeing what I'm seeing, it's, it's going to be probably May or June, but um, uh, it's moving forward and they're moving uh, six days a week. And it, it's exciting to see the progress. Uh, there's there's a lot going on facility-wise rather than just McKenzie Arena. You guys also announced, uh, I guess, I don't know, two months ago or so now, the Food City Fueling Station. A little bit about that and, and what went into to putting that together um, for um, for the athletes. Well, you know, I had the opportunity to be at Penn State and uh, completely a different deal, but at the time was about, you know, um, nutrition and providing our student athletes uh, the opportunity 24 hours a day to be able to have nutrition, to be able to refuel after they burn thousands of calories, either working out or practice. And um, we saw an opportunity with the uh, strength and conditioning center that we had an opportunity to build out kind of a fueling station. I started conversations about two years ago with Food City, with the help of uh, the Coca-Cola people in town, of seeing if they might be interested. You know, I, I haven't seen anybody that has really sponsored that, but uh, uh, it took a lot of iterations of a credit or whatever. And, uh, you know, we were lucky last January, this past January, 
come to a um, an agreement uh, of a significant gift over five years to be able to um, subsidize uh, a fueling station. And obviously we're going to use Food City products and uh, we worked with our campus nutrition to see what exactly those products are, whether a grab and go or, you know, uh, peanut butter sandwiches or smoothies. And they've done a tremendous job. And I, I, I truly believe, you know, again, saying two years ago, there's no uh, uh, excuse or whatever the word I'm looking for, that all of a sudden we started seeing success in all our programs that we've elevated uh, that opportunity because uh, once they work out, if they can't make it to Crossroads or the food court, that they can grab some nutrition and be able to go to class and, you know, um, be able to put back those calories that they can work at their maximum potential. Cross Stadium got a uh, not just a not just a facelift. It was a, a major overhaul. I know we've talked with with Coach Reed about it. I know his excitement about uh, all that went into that. Uh, from your perspective, the idea of the of the turf infield and outfield going in, and uh, the the renovations there with the scoreboard as well. Your thoughts on kind of what all went into making that happen at Frost? I mean, it's a perfect public-private partnership, you know, with the city. The city owns a facility, and uh, Coach Reed did a great job of being able to look at the Shaw Industries and, and and put together a package that not only helps Frost Stadium, but all those fields out there because they want uh, Chattanooga to be the preeminent uh, softball capital of the world. And we saw that with the Division II National Championships, and they want to continue to do that. But um, it worked out that uh, the city – was a great partner, you know, it's not only what you see as observing the game, because we're putting video boards up and those type of things, but inside in the bowels of the facility, they've upgraded the carpet, the suite areas, and uh, it, it's a great enhancement. A little pain in it, because we've had to play at other uh, fields around there while this was going on, but uh, moving forward, it's going to be a, a unbelievable uh, facility, uh, it's going to bring a lot of people, you know, high school tournaments to the town, which will help us recruit. Uh, we can sleep in our beds and uh, be able to find the best softball players in the country just here in Chattanooga. What was your role in making this thing happen? Uh, we constantly talked with the city and the the, the recreation people that uh, from Frank Reed to Laura Heron that we started oh, back in November uh, bi-weekly uh, meetings about how this is going to go about, the timing, what it's going to affect, you know, the worst case scenarios, which we had to play some of those. But um, I was involved from the very beginning, and uh, it was a great opportunity. Like I said, there was a little pain involved as far as scheduling and missing some home opportunities. But uh, it was, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, and I continue to tell Coach Reed and his staff, what uh, our men's and women's basketball teams going through, our football teams going through with the facility here in McKenzie and the Walford Center, that uh, short-term pain, long-term gain, and we'll all benefit from it. So I, I want to go back to McKenzie for just a second. From a from a, a fan standpoint, uh, will anything be different come October? Now I'm asking you to project you know, four months down the road or whatever it is now from a fan standpoint in terms of entrance 
and getting inside to be able to watch a basketball game in, in November, what's going to change between now and then? How will it be different from what fans experienced last year? Really not much, to be honest with you, because um, we won't have the main gate, gate one, uh, open until uh, late spring, early summer next year. Uh, we will move um, with the Mox Club. We've had hospitality, which is part of their benefits of according to what they give, uh, that will move back down to the uh, first floor in the, the, we call it the dance studio, but the hospitality room. But really in 2024 is when you'll start seeing um, the uh, the transformation of the facility. We're looking at all the wayfinding, how you get into the arena, the gate uh, signage, everything on the concourse. We'd like to change that to make it something that's uh, – uh, a feel of a brand new arena. Uh, although, you know, we still got some work with the concourses, concession stands, but all that's going to be addressed slowly and surely and uh, excited about the opportunity. All right. What about Finley stadium? Anything new there? You know, Finley, uh, we have a new general manager and Brian Wright, and um, he's an innovative thinker and in, uh, a lot of the public hospitality areas that he's investing in and the Finley board that, uh, as, as recent as you know, this uh, September when we play games, that you'll you'll feel the investment, and in, um, not necessarily the general fan, but our suite holders. All the suites will be, you know, brand new TVs. Uh, you'll be able to see the feed of the video board in your suite. Uh, you know, uh, Jim Reynolds. You'll hear them, uh, hear him on the play-by-play in the suites. A lot of investments going into the facility, and it's going to be great for the fan support. And it's, uh, you know, exciting uh, the investment they're making in the facility. You and I have talked before about the the long term, uh, the long term use of Finley Stadium for Chattanooga football. You've you've mentioned things before when you've been with us about things that you have considered exploring, whether that's on campus stadium, if that's the the Ingle Stadium property. Where do you sit right now? Well, the same as the last time we talked about, we've done a, a master facility plan, uh, which there's a lot of dominoes that happen with facilities on campus that, you know, we have bowling apartments, which are the oldest, uh, you know, campus dorms on campus that need to be taken down. I mean, the, their lifespan is over. Uh, but before we do that, a new dorm needs to happen. Uh, which is in the works that they're trying to find financing in this day and time. It's it's kind of difficult, but if all this happens, that we look like uh, one of the properties uh, will be around the bowling department's footprint uh, to possibly put a stadium. But uh, again, there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts, you know, uh, that need to happen. But right now, you know, our, our relationship with Finley is probably the best it's been in my tenure since I've been here. And uh, it's a beautiful facility, but as we all know, the the growth of Chattanooga is going south towards Finley Stadium and the river and, uh, you know, parking and those uh, amenities that are limited and are challenging for, for whoever's on the south side. So, again, you know, we've got a plan and, you know, a lot of things got to fall in place, but uh, uh, we just... Uh, we'd be irresponsible if we didn't think about the next step. And uh, that's what we're doing. The chance are supportive and it's great. 
you know, one of the things I, and I, I don't think I'm the only one that has, that has noticed this over the last, I don't know, let's say the last 15 years has been the, the game day experience around Chattanooga football and, and the activity inside the pavilion, just the buzz outside the stadium in the parking lot, uh, as well as, um, in, in other areas around the stadium, there's, there's a little bit of a buzz on game day that, you know, I don't know that 20 years ago you would have experienced that at Chattanooga football. What should we expect on game days this fall? We continue to look at the pavilion first and foremost, uh, you know, um, how we activate that and what activities are in there. Uh, we moved our uh, Mox Club Hospitality, Learfield, other things uh, that we have, a, a you know, some traffic that has done a great job of uh, kind of reinvigorating. When I got here, I thought it was great. We kind of took a lull for whatever reason, but the last two years coming out of COVID, uh, there's certainly a buzz and excitement. The food trucks that we're putting on kind of taken away from Chattanooga Market that uh, keep that Reggie White Boulevard uh, active. And then, um, you know, our big thing is continue to work with the city and the parking uh, people within Chattanooga of easy in, easy out, egress and regress. Uh, but, you know, one of our, our main issues are, again, across uh, River, Riverside Parkway is, uh, you know, all that construction and those lots that are normally part of the city, there's things going there. And so trying to, again, you know, look at all the opportunities we have from where do we put staff to open up from the, the game day patron, you know, to, you know, uh, what we do with Chestnut Street and activating that area, and obviously real big focus on our students and making it easy for them to come to games and have a great game day atmosphere. Is there a shuttle that runs from campus to the stadium? We do have multiple shuttles that um, uh, connect multiple places on campus down to the uh, stadium. We also have partnered with the Chattanooga Hotel uh, to be able to have uh, student parking in their parking decks so they can walk, you know, two and a half blocks over to the arena. Um, and we, again, continue to look at other areas from uh, across Riverside to to other places that uh, will make it convenient, you know, like I said, especially for our students, but uh, for our game day people to be able to uh, come and, again, have that uh, premium atmosphere. I don't want to have this conversation and not give some props to the band and the uh, tremendous growth that we've seen in the in the band and in their contributions to to game day. Uh, it's been really really awesome to look down on that field on a on a Saturday and and see that band when they stretch out across the field. Now it's uh, uh it, I, it has added so much to that just that college field on a Saturday afternoon. It is, and that's what I was missing. And you know, I felt like when I got the job, there were so many premium things about Chattanooga that you could compare to FBS, and in some cases, Power Five. But when you rolled out, you know, the thirty-eight band members, it really wasn't that, you know, uh, adding to a game day atmosphere. And the campus and our new dean and arts and sciences, Pam uh, Riggs Glasgow. Uh, really have invested in uh, making that a priority. You know, they're going over to England and uh, doing, you know, uh, uh, something there that uh, is a big recruiting tool for them. And it's going to be a, a recruiting tool for Chattanooga. You know, I mean, they're going to have the power C and 
represent us, but uh, I think that's huge. And what, you know, our cheer and dance and the ladies of gold, all our um, entities that support our athletic events are, are first rate for FCS. I, I've gone to a lot of stadiums. I'm on the football advisory committee and travel a lot that I feel our game day atmosphere is one of the best in the country. And uh, people are sorely missing that uh, atmosphere. All right. We, we got to talk name, image, and likeness because uh, <laughs> typically comes up whenever we, we have these conversations, some partnerships that the athletic department has now uh, to help foster the, the NIL dollars for student athletes. Can you just talk a little bit about where we are right now and, and what's happening with it? Yes, again, I do feel, and again, um, after going to all these conferences and talking to the Southern Conference Athletic Directors, we're ahead of the curve for the most part as far as a department. Um, we have the flock, which is very focused on community engagement and having our student athletes out there and then compensated for, you know, we did uh, – for World Cleanup Day or Green Day that we had 30 student athletes out there. They got compensated for being able to do that. It was a great social media type of situation. Uh, we've been able to partner with a couple of entities to help our, our football student athletes, whether here during the summer. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Uh, where we're really challenged is men's basketball. I mean, it's it's a real thing in recruiting that I talk to Dan Earl all the time that, you know, we've had 30 student athletes interested, which in the history, of, as you know, Chris, Chattanooga basketball, we're pretty elite at, at the mid-major level that we would not lose kids to Longwood or Gardner-Webb or um, UCF, you know, um, USC Upstate, and we're losing them. And because they are being promised, which is not supposed to be part of the deal, but they're promised compensation. And we're not that situation now that, you know, we have a treasure trove of cash to be able to say, you know, we'll give you, you know, if you do the X, Y, and Z, we can give you 10 grand or whatever. But, um, you know, Dan is learning as well as I'm learning. And um, he's been successful. He likes this team that he's put together. But um, as you saw in the NCAA tournament, from the Sweet 16 on, uh, those institutions or those programs that have invested, uh, I don't want to say bought their teams, but you can say I bought the teams, that uh, you see a, a, a San Diego State and a Florida Atlantic and you know others that have gotten there. And so my fear is before this levels out that we need to be in the game, and then once it settles out, you know, I think Chattanooga will sell itself, but uh, it's been challenging. And um, it's not just men's basketball. It's a, a lot of our programs. But I feel we have our the, the foundation in place to be able to manage it the way we need to manage it. And um, our student athletes are definitely, definitely benefiting from um, the opportunity of what we put together. You say ahead of the curve. So how do you stay ahead of the curve? Every day is like looking. We we have an opportunity with a software system called Open Doors, which does a lot of education for our student athletes. Um, and there's like 32 units that you can learn from financial literacy to to how to market through social media, your name, image, and likeness. That uh, we need to continue 
every freshman and transfer that come in this summer, starting in July, will go through those 32 units. And this year is the third year. So a third of our population has gone through that. And so they, they understand outside of us trying to help them with larger deals, but um, they, they have opportunities through that educational tool that tracks it and uh, helps them um, that, you know, we can do that. But uh, again, it's just um, explaining to our donors and our, our community that uh, name image likeness is real and we need to play the game um, to be able to, to, to meet the expectation that our fans have of putting a quality product on the, the court. Cause we, we have tremendous coaches. It's just, you know, the, the, the bidding war is just ridiculous. Tell me if I'm wrong. One of your struggles and one of the struggles that your, your contemporaries face is how do you balance raising money for NIL versus raising money for a facility upgrade at the McKenzie Arena and Frost Stadium and Finley Stadium and the Food City Fueling Station and all of that because at some point in time, you know, something's got to give somewhere, right? I mean, is it feasible to be able to do all of this? You know, Chris, we're coming off and we'll, we'll put some stuff out here in July of our biggest fundraising year ever, ever in the history of University of Tennessee Chattanooga. You know, in, in all aspects, from restricted giving to unrestricted giving. And I, I'm so proud of our, our staff, our fundraising staff, our community that, that has developed that, uh, you know, philanthropy. that It makes a difference. But like I said, you know, our, Dan Earl, let's put Dan Earl and, and Rusty Wright, that they they know that we're, we're providing them facility needs, you know, uh, upgraded locker rooms, still things that we need to do for McKinsey or the Wofford Center. Uh, but at the same time, communicating that to our donors, that might hurt our momentum. And it's, uh, uh, again, coming off of uh, our national convention this past week, talking to athletic directors that, you know, we're, we're empathetic to these young kids that want to be athletic directors that it used to be something else, you know, four years ago, it was very different than it is today of trying to balance all that. Uh, I just want to, at the end of the day, provide a premium student athlete experience for the kids we have here. And I think that is a ripple effect as we recruit that they could come to Chattanooga and receive a degree, but also an experience that, our Southern Conference peers don't have with or without NIL or Austin or cost of attendance, you know, those things that we continue to try to strive for that we're going to get there, but it's going to take time. New commissioner in the Southern Conference, Michael Cross, you guys have a, uh, a history together. We do. I was at Penn state and Michael Cross, my last two years was there. Uh, he was in charge of revenue generation. He also saw oversaw, men's and women's tennis and men's ice hockey and women's ice hockey. He's a, a he's an idea guy. Um, he's constantly thinking about what's next and how to promote our brand and um, spend a lot of time again with him down in Orlando this past week. Um, uh, I'm excited for him because I think at this day and time, that's what we need to, to think about 
uh, is about how how do we re reinvent re uh, reinvent the Southern Conference brand? Because uh, I, I believe in our schools that we have a chance uh, again to be similar to the Missouri Valley or the Big Sky. That I think, uh, especially in football, we've taken kind of a third seat to that. The CAA is probably with us. Uh, I think Michael is going to come in and. Uh, uh, it's not going to be the status quo, and uh, I, I'm excited about it, and especially the relationship that I've had with them working closely together uh, several years ago that uh, uh, I think will be on the forefront of having some uh, say in how this goes about. Do you foresee Chattanooga being a member of the Southern Conference going forward? Is it five years from now? <laughs> I, I've said, you know, since I came on board in my press conference that, you know, we've got to take care of ourselves and be uh, the best at the sports that we offer. And I, when I say the best, we've got to be in the top three of everything. And we've got to fund that in the top three uh, before we can think about taking a jump. Obviously, we've got a lot of momentum and success in all our sports that were close. Um so, I, you know, will we have conversations if those are put in front of me? I think so. And I think we, we as a city of Chattanooga, that we are pretty attractive. And I say pretty attractive being an understatement to uh, what the FBS and those other uh, conferences within FBS that uh, they will come calling, and we've just got to figure out if it's the best fit for us and the, and the opportunity at that time. Southeastern Conference has decided to stay at eight conference games. I think that helps uh, the Southern Conference. It helps Chattanooga to continue to be able to play those quote-unquote money games, if that's how we want to look at it. But your thoughts on where we may be headed now from that aspect, from a football scheduling standpoint, do you anticipate those games being there uh, down the road against Southeastern Conference or Big Ten opponents? We need to, we need it to happen. Um, the frustrating part about the the announcement with the Southeastern Conference is it's the one year deal. Uh, they're you know they're not going to look at scheduling moving forward until they figure out is it eight forever or is they going to go to nine? Um, I, I've been shocked uh, sitting in the chair how hard football scheduling is, especially by games. Um, that, again, you know, we've had some verbal commitments before all this happened with Texas and Oklahoma that they've gone by the wayside, and they were preeminent SEC schools. And uh, they are unwilling to be able to uh, have a conversation with us for future, future scheduling until they figure out what their situation is. I still hold out hope. Uh, which might not be ideal for our fans totally, is that the Big Ten should announce very soon that they're going to do FCS every year. And uh, that that opens up opportunities for us in the future. But, you know, we still have, quite honestly, 2026, we don't have a bye game. And uh, I could get a FBS school, but uh, would prefer, you know, being able to get a, a Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Florida type situation. But – uh, until they figure this thing out, they're they're not having any conversations. Is that tough, kind of being in limbo like that? I mean, I know we're talking three years down the road, but <laughs> you want to have some things set, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll see 
you know, uh, next year, you know, we have Alabama this year. We have Florida and or not Florida. We have Tennessee, Georgia State for um, 25. You know, you're talking about two seasons and then we have nothing for 26. And then, um, you know, we have Memphis, which is I felt like we needed to get that game uh, in 27. And I, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, 28, we were at Mississippi State, which was done before all this. Um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, if you're not scheduled through 31 or 32, you're, you've got to get nervous. It's hard to believe, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, before we let you go, I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, the Porky's Open's coming up August 1st. That's always a great time uh, and certainly a, a tremendous uh, fundraising event for Chattanooga Athletics. Uh, talk a little bit about that and uh, how folks can get involved with it. Well, you can look GoMox.com. You can go on. There's a tab for Porky's Open. Uh, we anticipate selling out. We're, I think, very, very close. It's a huge fundraising, fundraising opportunity uh, as we did, I think, four years ago, a portion of the, those proceeds go to an endowment in honor of, you know, Frank Kidsner and Porky uh, Open that uh, is in perpetuity, provides us scholarship opportunities. Uh, but it's a huge thing for our staff, our coaches, uh, to be able to get out there and interact with our fans outside of an athletic event that uh, is critical. Uh, we are planning on moving that back to the spring. I think our, our fans and, and uh, friends uh, really appreciate the spring, but due to some of the courses that we've had to do the the fall the last couple of years, but uh, it's it's a wonderful opportunity and I'm excited to spend the day out there with our fans and, and uh, have a great time. Mark, thanks for the time. Uh, as always, I know we we probably keep you longer than than expected every time, but uh, I appreciate your your willingness to to do this with us a couple of times a year, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again. Maybe December, but uh, we'll try to do this again. I appreciate it. I always appreciate it, Chris. You do a great job. Thank you so much. Thanks to Chattanooga Athletic Director Mark Wharton for spending time with us here on Mox on the Mic. Thanks to you for being with us this week as well. Thanks to our producer, Tate Johnson, for setting it all up and making it all happen. We're certainly glad to have you with us each and every week. We've got uh, more Mox on the Mic going all through the summer. So just because uh, school's not in session, just because there's not things going on, doesn't mean we don't bring you uh, some new content surrounding Chattanooga Mox Athletics each and every week. Glad to have you with us. We'll be back again very soon. Look for us here on Thursdays. Make us your first listen every Thursday. Subscribe, rate, and review if you're on uh, Apple Podcast. We appreciate your five-star ratings and your reviews. Until next time, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.